0: We're coming to you here today with uh, a solo I have uh, a unique guest with me to talk about something extremely important About two years ago, it was a winter day It was gray, as it usually is uh, in the wintertime in New Jersey It was around like 11 in the morning And I was just feeling so miserable I had a friend who runs marathons Uh, You know Ahmed Fahmi
1: yeah, no, i don't Remember think him? so
0: okay That's so he true. was a regular dude and all of a sudden he got into jogging so he became the, my sort of go-to person for um motivation on that route and i'd never really thought twice about health not something i cared about my, my my metabolism was great i never needed much um you know attention to it i was just so miserable it was unbelievable and the track to actually getting healthy has been a like a long curve for me because like most people you know it's like unless you're totally motivated these things fizzle out uh so you I needed something some slow and um you know steady types of t- things to do and but eventually I'm, I'm I'm getting around to things so with me today is Dr. Murad Feruz. okay he's from East Brunswick he's from the area he is a doctor and explain to us your your actual study saying to everyone your actual study
2: sure so i have a bachelor's degree in biology and mm-hmm. then i have a master's and a clinical doctorate in physical therapy and where'd you go uh, for undergrad i went to seton hall university and for graduate school i went to what used to be called university of medicine and dentistry of new jersey yeah uh, it was taken oh umdnj yeah umdnj okay uh, good. Ta- taken over by rutgers medical school now yeah um, so that's where i went for my graduate studies
0: Good. So you you specialize in pain relief, personal training, right?
2: Yeah. So I do like tr- regular traditional physical therapy, uh, yeah. treating patients after surgery and normal shoulder and lower back pain, etc. But um, I specialize particularly within physical therapy in chronic pain and sports injuries. Critical.
0: Now, you, now Murad used to be a soccer star in East Brunswick. That's where he grew up, right? Yeah. Right around the corner from us. Yeah. Uh, So he used to be a soccer star in North Brunswick, ended up uh, becoming a physical therapist, right? You're born in Libya. How did that happen
2: exactly? Yeah, my my parents are originally from Pakistan. Um, My father um, has been in many countries, um, and uh, one of which was Libya. Um, So he was working there, and I was born there uh, while he was working in Tripoli. Um, He used to work with uh, a gentleman that used to... Uh, import uh, baby foods into Libya from Europe. Oh, so basically so. business. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Trade. Yeah.
0: So now tell me something. One time we were talking, you said that athleticism doesn't necessarily equate to health.
2: No, not at all.
0: Right. And we view athleticism as the highest point of health. I mean, you get on a treadmill.
2: Yeah. It'll tell you what a, level you this are. This is a big misconception. Okay. So explain yeah. that. So... um being athletic uh or or let me rephrase that the term athletic is very general but being a high level athlete um requires you to do certain things that aren't necessarily good for your health Uh, despite the fact that you may look good aesthetically um so uh, you know when you see an athlete they may look a certain way um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that person is functioning optimally Mm. that person may still be in chronic pain, chronic fatigue. Um, uh, or they, they may be healthy, but most of the time, uh, generally speaking, the things that you need to do to compete at high levels of athletic performance are actually, uh, contradictory to the things that you need to do in order to be optimal health wise. Mm. So this is a big, uh, misconception. I mean, it was for me too, growing up, you know, cause when we're growing up, we see athletes, they're, they're lean, they're muscular. They just look like the picture of health. But, um, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that most people don't know about. Yeah. Um, most of the time, the the issue here is that um, high-level athletes are usually uh, draining their central nervous system of neurotransmitters. They're also uh, draining their endocrine system of hormones. They're depleting their body's resources, yeah. um, and most of them are in an overtrained state. Um, they're usually... Uh, overreaching far beyond what we call uh, MRV uh, maximum recoverable volume so that's the ability of an individual to recover from whatever bout, bouts of training that they're doing yeah. um, and most athletes are going beyond that um, and then uh, that over time uh, has a cumulative effect on the central nervous system uh, the ability to produce, produce neurotransmitters which are the chemicals that we use to think move do everything and also Uh, our hormones, our endocrine system. And over time, this can create uh, a deleterious effect on the body. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually, you know, this is why high-level athletes, like when they're done with their careers, most of them uh, usually end up either, you know, completely stopping physical activity, you know, and going the other way. Um, um, uh, Or if they do continue to exercise in some way, they're dealing with, You know, uh, the fallout of everything that happened during their athletic career just because just because training at that level, you need to push yourself to a certain degree to have a level of performance that you need to have. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be healthy for you. So what happened with uh, with me on that
0: uh, in that period of time was that I was just sort of getting into my own work. I had left Yale and took a risk sort of uh, leaving uh, a job, which was basically like being part of a country. Uh, Yale is like getting citizenship in an amazing country inside of an amazing country right like so you say one within the other so uh, when I left that it was such a risk and I had to prove that it's going to work and what I was doing was working at on impulse at any hour of any day if an idea came I needed to do it if anything came up I said yes to it right away and I was like hurling everything at the wall it ended up that I was uh stay i would start a second day at 11 p.m mm-hmm. and then go all the way to about 3 p.m sleep for about two hours pray fetch stay up a l- again because yeah. the kids are off to school yeah and around seven thirty, sleep again until about ten thirty a.m yeah even to 11 a.m and then because nothing's really happening at that hour anyway yeah uh in the masjid. so then i would get up and start my day again right now over time, it became I. actually believe started thinking I had like uh, what what is it when you people just fall asleep uh, na-
1: narcolepsy narcolepsy yeah. because I would
0: just fall asleep yeah. at any re- at any traffic light yeah. or in the car I would just fall asleep. So my doctor then said, "Well, what are your sleeping hours?" I told him. He's like, "You're you're crazy. This yeah. is crazy, yeah. right?" And every day I would start a new day, a new pot of coffee at eleven p.m. when everyone's off to sleep, and I work until three writing, yeah. right, or planning or preparing or something. Yeah. So well, what one of the things that results from this one simple thing is that from those, in those four hours, when anyone who's working in those four hours, 90% of the time, he's sitting down. He's on a computer. You're not moving around. Right. And 90% of the time, he needs to think, so you need sugar in your brain to think, so you're munching on something, right? So you're going from, you're creating a cycle that's not just involving your, your mind, right, you're actually packing the pounds.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Not being active. Next day, too fatigued to be active. Yeah. So, further not being active. You wake up in the morning and you're so groggy and fatigued that you need a sugar rush. Yeah. So, you then people get into sugar addictions and caffeine addictions in the day. Yeah. So now you're packing more calories in. So, sleep really affects uh, cognitive ability, emotional ability, weight, right? Um, it affects all these things Mood
2: Everything everything. It's the foundation of everything
0: I never thought once yeah. That Sleep was nothing other than An old-fashioned thing Old people sleep early Right yeah, yeah. Young people are go-getters And they have to stay up And I'll just sleep it off in the day Yeah, this is a fallacy Complete yeah. fallacy yeah. Now, if, when you look at Surah to Neba, Right that Allah Ta'ala says We made sleep Right A steady thing Right So we made your sleep a steady thing and we covered everything at night. So I'm actually going to pull up some different translations to that. eh? I I want to see how others translate it. But in the meantime, while I pull that up, I want you to start commenting and and, and telling us and sharing with everyone your expertise on sleep. Because Dr. Murad, he's an expert on this issue and you receive uh, uh, this, this is a big part of your training. Yeah. Sleep yeah. is, you said, like when we sat together, you said that sleep is the foundation of uh, of health. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So
2: whenever I work with people, um, either in my capacity as a physical therapist or uh, as a personal trainer or a fitness consultant, um, I make sure that um, I, I get across the point to my clients and patients that if your sleep habits are not optimal, mm-hmm. nothing else is going to go right. So you can have the best nutrition program in the world. You can be working out optimally, but if you're not sleeping optimally, Mm -hmm. nothing will go well. Um, So, for example, I have often I have clients, uh, personal training and online fitness clients who will tell me that, uh, you know, they don't have time for their workout Mm -hmm. uh, on a particular day. They'll shoot me an email and say, you know, I'm not going to be able to work out today should I work out or should I get to sleep the way you told me to oh. I will literally tell them skip your workout and get to bed yeah because if you're going to get 4 hours of sleep then the workout that you were supposed to do that I, that I gave you is going to put you in the ditch further mm-hmm. okay so uh, you can only benefit from physical tr- physical exercise to the degree to which you can recover from it yeah so if you can if you're not going to be able to recover from a training session there's there's no point in doing it unless you know it becomes an issue where you're missing like you know one to two weeks of working out but if it's like a day or two or even three i will always tell the person get to bed and then next the next day hit the reset button and start fresh Um, so um, if you don't sleep at the right time and in the right quantity and with the right quality the food that you eat, even if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's like the, the perfect diet, won't be able to shuttle into the tissues that it needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to be able to absorb the food properly. You're not going to be able to digest it properly. Um, your muscles are not going to be able to repair and rebuild. You won't be able to regenerate the neurotransmitters that you need to in order to think clearly and then be ready for the next training session the next day. You won't be able to produce the hormones that you need to in order to function and uh, and repair from the previous workout so there it, it pretty much becomes pointless to do anything else if you don't have sleep uh, yeah as as, an, as as the the primary driver behind everything so the first thing i do whenever i have uh, somebody working with me I, I i draw a triangle you know uh, uh, with a base at the bottom and uh, on the bottom the broadest portion and is sleep. sleep yeah and and tomorrow. then and then next is nutrition and then the last thing is training. Exercise. Yeah. It's three parts. Yeah. So in order to be healthy, right, optimally. Now, there's subdivisions of those three things. Yeah. But the three main meat and potatoes things are sleep, nutrition, and exercise. The most important, in my opinion, and my experience, is sleep. The so, next important is nutrition. Yeah. The third is physical activity. So once again, th- I, I look at them as layers. If you don't have sleep, uh, you know, optimal – the nutrition won't help. Similarly, if your if your nutrition is suboptimal, you can have the best training program in the world. It's not going to do anything. You know, if you're trying to build muscle, but you don't have an optimal nutrition program, where are you going to produce tissue from? Yeah. If you're trying to lose fat, but your nutrition is horrible, y- your exercise won't be optimal. Uh-huh. So, so these these things have to happen in layers. And I find that these days people have it backwards. People are like really, really focusing on their 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 training program. Yeah, and the nutrition sleep gets no attention. No, not at all. So training gets the most attention. Yeah, and it, it's also like you know easy to access because of social media and it, anybody can go look up and yeah, you're find not an gonna exercise p- program on the internet. Yeah, and there's, then,
0: there there's no Instagram pages on people
2: sleeping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. People are obsessed about getting the optimal training program and the nutrition. People are also focusing on, but some people don't focus on as much as they should. And then sleep, forget it. The other thing that I find is that um, sleep is not uh, an attractive topic to talk about, right? It's It's like boring. Oh, come on, Murad, you want me to sleep better? Like, come on, like tell me what you what's really gonna help me lose fat and stuff. But what people don't realize is that it doesn't work like that. You can't just go focus on getting an optimal training program if the foundational pieces aren't there yeah. you know and then another thing is that a lot of times people just kind of uh, slough it off as um, something that's insignificant and um, they're looking for some complicated answer to and, and there yeah. are complicated answers when you get to that point yeah you know what I mean like if you if you haven't been exercising regularly for at least three times a week and not eating well and not sleeping well you gotta get those things right first. Well, you got why are you you
0: can only attack one thing at a time, yeah, too.
2: Yeah, it's cumulative right. yeah. and it's in layers, right? Just like anything else. That's what it is. You gotta get yeah. the base first. You have to you have to get the foundational pieces first, and then you build on that. There's no need for you to be worrying about advanced training principles and drop sets and supersets and all this stuff. You're not even getting at least yeah. five hours of sleep a night, and you're not you haven't even been exercising three times a week. Like yeah. so a lot of this, to be honest with you, has to do with the, the fact that we, we live in the Internet age. Yeah. People are getting overloaded with all this information and they don't realize that none of that information is relevant until you have the foundational pieces. Yeah.
0: So. so in the night, in the 24-hour cycle, yeah. from Fajr to Fajr, let's say that we're going to look at the cycle be from Fajr to Fajr. Yeah. What, when is sleep actually, what is being released from the brain at what time?
1: yeah so
2: the most important time to be asleep is between 10 p.m. and 12 a.m. 10 pm and 12 a.m
0: that those two hours
2: between that time is the yes. most important time to be asleep obviously it doesn't mean you need to sleep only during that time but that's the optimal time that you need to be completely knocked out why is that so that's the time where your body's producing most of its neurotransmitters hormones testosterone estrogen thyroid hormone uh, melatonin
0: okay so we know that the moon affects the water right yeah. the waves yeah so our you're when we say 10 to 12 yeah. the 10 to 12 of the summer is not the same i'm going to yeah i'm going to cover that, that. yeah
2: okay. so here's the thing um there's a concept most people have heard of it's called circadian rhythm yeah. so circadian rhythm is your body's uh sleep wake cycle heart rate variability body temperature variability in relation to what's going on atmospherically mm-hmm. sunrise sunset the zenith of the, the zenith of the sun etc um, so during normal hours when we're not in daylight savings time that window is between 10 to 12 when those hormones and neurotransmitters are being released uh, uh, optimally and and uh, most plentifully um, during daylight savings time that window shifts mm-hmm. from 10 to 12 to 11. Uh, to one. Okay. However, my patients and clients, I have them always. Yeah. The okay. Yep. So the, so the shift is not that,
0: not that great. Yeah.
2: Now the reason why I tell uh, sometimes I, I actually hesitate from even telling people that there's that shift because you know, yeah. daylight savings time is fake time, but biologically it's a 10 to 12 window. It's just that when we go to daylight savings, that biological time shifts to 11 to one. Okay. Now your body knows that. So what I tell people all the time is that if I were to put you in a room, like in a cell, with no windows your body would still be releasing the hormones and neurotransmitters that it's supposed to at the times that it's going to regardless of whether you see the sun coming up or whether you see the sun going down or not so this is referred to as circadian rhythm so in a pulsatile manner those those chemicals are being are being released uh, in connection to nature to the, to the world to nature yeah. exactly now um, the reason why I, I said I hesitate from telling my uh, my patients and clients about that 11 to 1 shift is because of the fact that there's another concept in sleep medicine um, that the more sleep you get before 12 a.m., the better. So this is not really science or research-based, but in sleep medicine, um, there's a concept that it's just like a, a – just to, just to give people the uh, – the importance and understanding of how important it is. And I, I don't believe it's literal or research-based, but I, I have seen anecdotal evidence of this practically. That you know, they say every hour of sleep before twelve o'clock is equal to two hours after twelve. Okay. And I really believe that. Um, so this is why I tell people, look, even when we go to daylight savings, you need to still be in bed, lights out by nine thirty at the latest. So yeah. anybody that works with me, they they get a, a physiological tracking log, which. Uh, by which I'm tracking many variables testosterone thyroid hormone a lot of variables uh, based on markers that I use uh, uh, on, on, with, with physical assessment um, and the first column in there is sleep time so I make sure if, if the person when they when they report to me on a weekly basis or however frequently they're reporting to me depending on the program that they're following um, if they're not in bed lights out at 930 on a regular basis, I'm on them immediately. So yeah.
0: when when people sleep, the if we made a timeline of when people sleep, yeah. when people uh, hit the sack and when people get up. Yeah. Now, what I notice is that if you can, if you have to take off two or three hours, if you take off two or three hours from the left side of the timeline, which is when you went to sleep. You can't recover from that.
1: No,
2: it's totally different. Yeah. So let me tell you, I encourage everybody to do this experiment. And to be honest, I think most people have already done this experiment, whether they wanted to or not. Most of us have experienced this, and if you haven't, you really should try this. Go a week going to sleep at 12 and waking up you know, seven to eight hours later. And then the next week, go to sleep at 9 and sleep seven to eight hours and yeah. see what feels better yeah. so it's not just the quantity it's also the timing so there's three variables here the timing the window during which you're sleeping the quantity because quantity is important and I, we can get to that as well and then also the quality the depth yeah. so so people have this fallacy that oh i'll just go to sleep at two as long as i get eight hours i'll be okay it's not it doesn't same. work like that no.
0: because when if you were to slough off 2 hours or 3 hours even from the front end so let's yeah. say i get sleep at 10 let's say nine thirty nine, 9 and get up at uh, 6 yeah. let's say and you have whatever maybe people wake up in the middle of the night by themselves yeah so let's say that's my window yeah if I slough off three hours and sleep at nine wake up at 3 a.m. absolutely so those three
2: hours yeah you
0: could make it up with a cat nap yeah. in the middle a power nap in the middle of the day yeah. you can't make up the other way around right
2: so I have when I have clients that are like um, you know they have like really really busy busy jobs they're physicians or executives in, in the business world or they're, they're a parent um and they have to get a lot done and they tell me Murad I'm only going to be able to get 6 hours that's yeah. that's that's just that's all I'm going to get so i when when that's the case i always have them shave off the end mm-hmm. so i'm like all right if you can only get 6 hours then you're going to be you're going to sleep 9 to 3 yeah. because those hours that you get before 12 are going to make you feel a lot more rejuvenated and refreshed than yeah. than if you shave it off in the and, beginning and, for and sure. as this
0: as, a, is, as a testimony what used to happen with me is that um I used to sit down, and at some point, I can't remember—maybe two a year ago or two years ago—I would sit down for my 11 p.m. run yeah. to 3 a.m. And all of a sudden, like I,
2: no work is getting the, done. There's a reason for that. So you remember? Yeah. It's interesting you you mentioned that um, you used to take coffee at around 11 p.m. Right? Yeah. It's interesting you said that. Based on science, this is research-based. At 11 p.m., we have something called the second wind. Yeah. So one of the reasons also to be Asleep between the ten to twelve window is because we want to blunt the release of adrenaline at eleven. Mm. So at eleven p.m. for most people, um, our body releases adrenaline. So the adrenal glands are like these two little snowcaps that sit on top of the kidneys, yeah. and they re- release adrenaline. Co- uh, they release a chemical called adrenaline, also known as epinephrine. We've all heard of adrenaline. Um, and what it does is it gives us a second boost. This is why this is this is called the second wind. Mm. Now, if you notice, most people um by around 11 they start to get a little drowsy yeah. you know a little before 11 and then around 11 if you just push past it yeah you start to feel awake again party time yeah and that's yeah. that second wind yeah. that's that adrenaline release so this is why we want to be asleep well before that to blunt the release of that's of adrenaline. exactly what happens like that's why it's look it's not coincidence i didn't even tell you this yet yeah. right you mentioned 11 p.m you're like yeah. at 11 p.m yeah. i i i, I, I didn't even tell you is. this yeah there's a reason at eleven for most people yeah. you get the second win because that's exactly
0: what happens. You put your family, your kids to sleep. You have dinner. You put your kid, do homework. Put your kids to sleep. Yeah. Sit around a little bit with your family. Hang out a little bit. It gets it tapers. It goes down, 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 down. And literally, right? You start again over. Yep. You start over at eleven. You hit the the um, uh, the cabinet, whatever. You pull out your snacks. Yeah. Right. You pull out your chocolates. Yeah. Your coffee, your water, yep. and then and then go. But then eventually. SubhanAllah, that um, the work that I would do from 11 to 3 would amount to half an hour eventually.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm like, looking. and I'm like, what a waste. Yeah. This work is half an hour's work in the daytime. Yeah. So I just, I realized at that some point, you know what, you just have to say stop. Yeah. And I just said stop. And I said, you know what, I don't care anymore what happens. I'm, right. It's, I'm becoming so unstable. Yeah. That uh, I don't care what happens at around seven p.m. I shut down everything, and yeah. unfortunately, some programs in the mess should go on. It yeah. start at seven p.m. Yeah, but so, with those exceptions, at seven p.m. I actually shut it down, and and believe it or not, so many habits come. It's almost this issue of sleeping early is let almost me tell like
1: you, a pivot point. Let me let
2: me tell you something. Yeah, everything. Changes if you fix sleep yeah. everything goes better mental state, spiritual things. Ab- yeah, absolutely um, There's there's research that shows that you know, sleep deprivation uh, Causes depression anxiety panic attacks just screwing up sleep yeah. There's actually research that shows that if you have a normal sleep routine that you regularly stick to if you miss even one hour on one day yeah. even that can have an effect for the next 2 to 3 days yeah. on your mental state and energy level. We're talking 1 hour. Yeah. You know, that doesn't sound like anything, yeah. but the thing is most people these days are not in tune with their body enough to pay attention to these mm-hmm. things. They're just moving so fast that they don't pay attention to do I feel more at peace today? Am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling depressed? Because we're just pushing, pushing, pushing. But if you tune in with your body and you just take time to settle and listen to your body, you will realize these changes of what one hour missed or the timing being changed, etc. Now, the other thing um, I was going to say, yeah, the other thing that I was going to say is the one huge game changer when it comes to all this sleep stuff is what happens before you sleep so if I just tell somebody you need to be in bed lights out at 930 that's not going to happen unless you set yourself Mm. up about two hours before so it's yeah it's
0: it's a a, a gradual exactly
2: you need to start if you're supposed to be in bed lights out at 930 at 730 you you should already start planning on how that's going to happen so Your nighttime routine—it doesn't mean you should be in bed, you know, reading a book at seven thirty. It just means that, generally speaking, you need to structure your work schedule, your family schedule, in a way where at seven thirty you can land. Yeah, and I can give some practical advice on that. So at seven thirty, if you have children, that's when you slowly start doing their nighttime routine: brushing their teeth, washing them up, reading them a story, you know, so that they're maybe in bed by eight thirty. Now eight thirty, you start your routine, wash up, do some stretching, mm-hmm. reading, etc. And that way, by nine thirty, you can actually be in bed, lights out. Yeah. Also, you should start dimming the lights. Um, technically, based on you know, based on sleep science, you should start dimming the lights at, around sunset. Mm. Yeah, because after sunset, light, especially blue wave light that comes from computer screens, TV screens, cell phones, but light in general. After sunset acts as a stimulant to the central nervous system. It acts like a drug. So it creates what we call upregulation of the central nervous system. The central nervous system is your brain and spinal cord. So when you're exposed to light after sunset, it causes your central nervous system to wake up. Okay, that's called upregulation. I tell people it's like turning the volume knob up on your central nervous system. So when you're doing that, it's going to be more difficult to get into a restful state when you actually hit the bed. So you got you got to start dimming the lights. You have to start doing some type of wind down routine. Me personally, I recommend doing physical uh, physically down regulation, physically down regulating uh, techniques such as yoga, diaphragmatic breathing, um, self body work like using foam rollers or uh, a thericane or lacrosse balls or tennis balls to massage your body. Some form of stretching, whatever you like if you like to do Qigong, just regular stretching, it doesn't have to be any, anything fancy. but you need to give yourself 20 to 30 minutes to relax your body physically um, in order to allow your central nervous system to calm, in order to allow your central nervous system to calm down. You can't just be going full throttle all day yeah. and then expect to lay down in bed and have your central nervous system calm down. The other thing is that by, by relaxing your muscles, through stretching and and some form of deep tissue work that you can do on your own your brain also relaxes your brain is connected to your musculature your body and brain are the same neurologically the the terminal fibers of the neuro, the nerves that come off of the spinal cord they go to your tissues hmm. those t- those nerves go back to your brain so everything is linked yeah our it's not like our brain is over here and our muscles are over here so when so the beauty of that is that a lot of times people are like, you know...
0: We don't realize how intertwined everything everything is. is.
2: A lot of times people are like, you know, Murad, at the end of the night, I got all this stuff on my mind, I'm really tense. And I tell them, listen, if you relax your body, it will also help you relax your mind. There are other techniques that you can use as well. Like, um, you know, we can go into, into more detail. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I have a lot of practical steps that I give to people in terms of planning, organization, um, how to uh, get a hold on all of these things that are racing through our mind, our to-do list? So I've studied a lot of like uh, 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 work from people like Brian Tracy and um, uh, uh, the author of uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. I forget his name. Hmm. Um, Inshallah, it'll come to me. Well, but, well, one of the things, one of my
0: the hypothesis that I have is yeah. uh, is that mental illness yeah and a lot of the insane things i mean that we see in the world today yeah i really think that it's connected to people not sleeping right yeah right and and the whole concept of the zombie is someone who's sleep deprived that's all that's all it is your skin looks horrible your eyes look horrible you're saying things that make no sense yeah right um and then you compound that and you have millions of people not sleeping well yeah right yeah so it's not good for society. And, and is there actually a link between sleep habits and mental illness? Of course. You can actually oh, make yeah. yourself go yes, crazy. Yes, absolutely. Because you mentioned that some people get certain things like anxiety you attacks.
2: Get, you get anxiety attacks, paranoia, schizophrenia. Yeah. Um, there's a really good book that I recommend to people. Um, it's called Instinct to Heal. Paranoia is big on when you're yes, sleep deprived. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So when you're sleep deprived, a person who's sleep deprived will find that everything, any worry that they have, any burden that they're feeling throughout the day, Ends up being amplified. Yeah. You know, um, there's a there's a book that I recommend to my patients. Uh, it's called "Instinct to Heal." Yeah. The author is David Servan-Schreiber. He's an MD, PhD, um, and he was a psychiatrist. Uh, he's a Frenchman, but he was he had his medical training in the United States, um, and um, he was treating uh, psychiatric illness the way most physicians do. Uh, you know, by using antidepressants, antipsychotic medications. He went on a relief mission to Tibet, and he spent some time with the Tibetan monks, um, and he saw how they were treating mental illness. The same thing, depression, panic attack, yeah. anxiety, and he saw these Tibetan monks curing people using breathing techniques, diet modification, you know, light exposure, mm-hmm. uh, the physical exercise and sleep was part of it yeah sleep was part of it as well so what he did he was so moved by his experience that he came back to the united states and wrote this book it's called the instinct to heal yeah um and in that book he goes through chapter by chapter you know showing patient it's a practical book it's not just theoretical the first book the first chapter is theoretical he goes over brain chemistry etc um however every other chapter is a step that you can actually implement into your life to create a change i'm a huge person i'm, I'm a big person uh I'm sorry. I'm a big believer in the concept of having something you can actually implement, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I, I don't I feel like there's a lot of information that's theoretical these days. Um, yeah, literally. You read know, it. You read, you it, you read it. One thing. Yeah. You read a book. You hear an expert talking and it's like, OK, well, how can I as a regular person implement yeah. this into my life? What can I actually do? I have you're giving me all this great information. Yeah. But now when the tire hits the road and my kids are crying and Monday hits and I got to get to work. How am I actually supposed to make a change in my life? Yeah. So I'm a big believer in giving people action steps that you can actually, you know, run with. Now, uh, so now,
0: ch- check this out. When you you talked about light exposure, yeah, I'm actually um, light and mood are so connected. It's unbelievable, yeah. and it drives me insane when people don't make the connection. So uh, when 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 MBIC moved into the the place that it just moved into. The lights that were in the building were those white lights. I call them the Walmarts. Yeah. You know, those just a yeah. uh, ton of those. The fluorescent lighting. Fluorescent lighting yeah. all across. Yeah. Right? And you'd go in for Fajr and those lights would be turned on. And it's just like so incongruous yeah. with the,
2: the, the moment. Yeah. So. It's not, to condu- it's not conducive it's not to con- serenity. It's not conducive yeah. to serenity. Yeah, and it, this is like. Oh. It just fires up your central nervous system.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, we came upon is that what we got to do is change these lights. So we put in some yellow lights, yeah. right, instead. Yeah. And then we separated the switches so you could turn on a few and you could turn on a lot, yeah. whatever you wanted. That, I'm telling you, changed everything. And it, it and masjid are places that you're supposed to be a place of serenity. You can have yeah. a multi-purpose room as one thing, but the prayer area itself, the lights have to be dim. So the idea of, uh, learning how light lighting works makes a huge Let me tell you deal. something.
2: The other thing is uh, light exposure, it's not just light exposure after sunset, which is crucial, mm-hmm. but the light exposure that you get during the day sets you up for what's gonna happen when you sleep as well. Mm. So optimally, now this is not easy for everybody because most of us are indoors during our work hours, but optimally you should try to get outside for at least a half an hour and expose yourself to the sun and even if the sun is not out, just get outside and expose yourself to yeah, the right. atmosphere for at least a half an hour. Like a practical way to do that is during your lunch break, go for a half hour mm-hmm. walk. Okay, that actually, you know, maybe after you have lunch, go for a walk for about a half hour. That actually improves insulin sensitivity and has other beneficial effects as well. But one of the benefits is that you need to get light exposure during the day. Yeah. And that actually helps wh- wind you down later at night. It uh, sets okay. off this cascade. But what's happening? Because you is doing- it.
0: In the day, and now
2: it's ready to come down. We have to normalize our circadian rhythms. What's happening is we do the opposite no natural light exposure during the day, and then we get artificial light exposure at night. So, this is doing the reverse of what our body wants. So, if you can, during the day, expose yourself to as much natural light as possible to the extent that's practical. So, the other thing is a lot of times people are like, you know, Murad, you know, you want me to go to sleep at this time, you want me to do this and that, but I work in IT. You know, and I need to be on the computer until 9 p.m. Or How do you expect me to do this? What I recommend to people, again, getting back to practical steps, because we don't live in a science lab, right? Mm-hmm. So it's great to have this information, but how do you make it practical if your life is not you know, conducive to it? Yeah. It's still ben- what I tell people is, look, it's still beneficial for you to know this because what I want you to do is come as close to these targets that I've given you yeah. to the extent that you can. You're better off coming closer to them than not knowing them at all. Right, but if you have these targets, you're gonna be better off. So if you work in IT and you have to do support work until 9:30 or 10 p.m., well, at least you know that I have to shut it down as soon as possible because these are the targets that Murad gave yeah. me.
0: You know. Now the Scandinavians, we, by the way, yeah. they've dealt with light and darkness um, because they get you know hours upon hours and upon hours of darkness in the winter to the point that they might only have four hours of daylight yeah. and five hours of daylight. And that's cloudy anyway. Yeah. So one of the amazing things that I discovered about them is that for the sake of their emotional health, yeah. they're the ones who came up with the idea of putting winter lights up. Yeah. So And we we, we all know, and I don't know about others, but for myself, yeah. to be honest with you, when once Thanksgiving comes around and now people start putting up their Christmas lights like you can't lie and say it's not a nice feeling to see christmas lights in the winter time because the night is so long right and and seeing sure. those lights yeah. it just makes you feel good right yeah. so that's it's it's not has nothing to do with the you know the, the the meaning of the lights it's the idea that when you have a prolonged state of darkness like this yeah. to have uh, some yellow lights right small amounts of yellow lights has an effect on people Absolutely. And that's why the Scandinavians did it It had nothing to do with their religion yeah. It had to do with the fact that they were depressed yeah. And they found solutions to depression Their yeah. solutions were I, I think I came upon the four main solutions Of the, the Scandinavians had for the depression yeah. well, The first one was uh, Winter lights Which is candles They just put out candles right? That was the first one this, uh, The second one was uh, Socks Like really thick knee high socks mm-hmm. right, To keep your feet warm the third one was uh, soups, right? Uh, a lot of soups, and the fourth one was chocolate, right? Mm. Cocoa, yeah, right. So mm. these four were their methods of pushing off this winter depression. I don't mm-hmm. know about others, but a lot of people get wintertime like sure. No, this down. is a, this
2: is a real phenomenon. Yeah. yeah,
0: So the issue of the with the these are ways around these types of wintertime uh, downers that people get. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I used to be the night owl more than anyone else. Yeah. And I to, uh, and being online and everything and having your phone in your face, yeah, uh, until it really became really damaging. Yeah, and we're actually fighting hard yeah. just to become normal. And the Quranic and and the Prophet ﷺ spoke about it. <inaudible> the yeah. night is for sleep. Yeah, and Surah An-Naba talks about it, right? Yeah. We made your night for sleeping. Yeah. and that's a fitri thing. Right, and one of the things that people have is when they get into this darkness and when just alone with their phones or their computers and they get into that 4 or 5 hour period from yeah. 11 to 3 a.m. or whatever
2: yeah also bad habits build up yeah let me tell you something cell phones are destroying people yeah okay habitually the light exposure is the least of it mm-hmm. but what it's really doing is it's making you addicted to something that you have to keep checking and you keep on it and it's a you super keep normal, checking it you uh, keep checking it until you go to sleep yeah yeah you have to be using it as a tool for yourself, and yeah. it should not be overtaking you, right? So you, you should literally shut it off at a, ter- a certain time. You should just use it to your benefit as a tool, but people's lives are being taken over by it. You know, people, on, can't, people can't even work out without checking their phone. It's unbelievable. Why are you checking your phone when you're working yeah. out? There's no reason. Well, Why-
0: someone just sent yeah. me uh, uh, an article about that on the, uh, the idea of supernormal uh, stimulations. Supernormal stimuli. And that is, for example, when they looked at the brains of birds, for example. So the bird sees their little red beak, right? And a noise from its baby, it feeds it a worm. Well, it looked at these animals, their intelligence, their brains are very small. So they're operating on pure instincts. So when they put a plastic bird with a bigger mouth and brighter edges to the beak... And make it have make a louder bird noise, yeah. They it would give double the worms to that fake bird, yeah. So they're purely on instinct, sure, yeah. I think it was, um, oh, they they took a a monkey, yeah, right. And a monkey would go instead of to its mother, it would spend more time in a fuzzier fake uh, bear or or monkey, right? It spent more time in the arms of that monkey. Then it's 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 real mom, so animals can't distinguish between nor- natural stimuli and fake stimuli, yeah, artificial super uh, sized stimuli, yeah. But human beings have consciousness, sure, and or or uh, human beings have a greater intellect. yeah, yeah, right. And we're able to actually study and examine if these super stimuli are good for us or bad for us. Yeah. So when the, the cell phone came out, and it's only 2007, if you think, it's been 11 yeah. years the smartphone yeah. came out, yeah. right? And in 11, in this 11-year period, yeah. we experimented, and I think there's a consensus now that this thing has a lot of negatives. Sure. And around 5, 6, 7 p.m., you need to just, in the car, you need to put it in the trunk, Yeah. and around 5, 7 p.m., you need to lock it up, get rid <laughs> yeah. of it. And I'm always someone who, Always wanted to try things out. Yeah. So I lived that life, yeah. right? Yeah. And you could see some of my uh, tweets at 3 a.m. and, and yeah. arguments with people at 3 a.m. and yeah. discussions at uh, <laughs> 2 a.m. Yeah. That's the evidence, right? But having lived that whole life, I'm telling you, it's a disaster. Absolutely. That life is a disaster. Yeah. And a brother was, uh, uh, he was he used to drink, right? And he, the solution to his drinking, believe it or not, that every t- he was he's living alone. He would work and he was a strong guy, so he could stay up late, go to work the next day. And he had late starts anyway. His works were like 11 a.m. until like 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. So 7 p.m. You get home. What is there to do? You're all alone. Yeah. Right. You don't yeah. have to get up early the next morning. Yeah. So what would he do? He got into this habit that he walked down the street and he started drinking. Yeah. Right. He started to he got into the habit of drinking. Yeah. So he couldn't get out of it. Yeah. Um, so I guess you could say he was an alcoholic, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now,
2: um, I just remembered that author that, that I mentioned. So two, that? two people that, that I benefited a lot, um, uh, from their readings in terms of, uh, optimizing your schedule organization, which mm. all actually helps sleep yeah. because the more organized you are and the better you can plan things. So Brian Tracy, the other author was Jack Canfield. Um, he has a book called the success principles. I, th- I think it's, what's his uh, name? Jack Canfield. Jack Canfield. Yeah. Um, he so, also he's also a, the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, but yeah, Jack Canfield and Brian Tracy, their 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 books have been re- very beneficial to me.
0: because this stuff is self-evident knowledge, yeah, everyone but, you know, can have this knowledge.
2: Yeah, but th- these two authors, like their works, like really helped me, yeah. um, be able to manage like the overload of, of. Uh, to do's and, oh, yeah. and information and th- yeah. things going on and help me deal with all that uh, in a way that uh, it, it, it makes it easier to set yourself, set yourself up yeah. for having an optimal schedule based on your values. So um, uh, on that topic, uh, uh, the topic of schedules and getting back to sleep, one of the first things I tell people is, well, I think that in society we have things backward when we make our schedule. I tell people whenever somebody's working with me, um, one of the first things we do is design their schedule Mm. because I have found over the years that if I just give people a diet and a training program, if we didn't make an actual schedule, not just for that, but if we, if I didn't like on my questionnaire, I literally asked them to list their work hours, their family time, all that, because I need to know what's going to be practically implementable. You know what I mean? So, the first thing that I do with them is block off their work hours and their sleep hours. Uh, yeah. So we That's just we, blocked off. Yeah. So Nothing's the first happened. thing, but most people would end up. What they end up doing is they 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 schedule everything else, yeah. and then sleep just ends up kind of happening exactly. with whatever is left over. That's
0: true. Well, but, this well, with this brother, when yeah. he when he inadvertently yeah. got into thinking about sleep, yeah, and he ended up forcing himself to sleep yeah. at like 9.30. He yeah. literally had to take pills that made him drowsy because he couldn't sleep. yeah, That's, he that's, sleep. Unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And that's can, how he began. But yeah. guess what? Just by doing that, yeah. it got him off his addiction. That's awesome. Because when does he actually drink? Only at night. When he's
2: feeling alone at that time. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. when he
0: knocks himself out at that hour.
2: Yeah. It actually cured something so unrelated yeah. that he had a decade of problems yeah. with. He had yeah.
0: a decade of trouble with this drinking.
2: Yeah, because in that case, the root cause was the timing. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying that sleep actually inadvertently fixes so many other things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So the first thing I have people do is block off their sleep schedule. Yeah. Sleep time. Block it it's off. the opposite. Yeah. So we find out how much sleep do you need, and mm-hmm. there's ways to do that. We can talk about that more. But we block off sleep. Then you, and your work schedule and your training schedule, when yeah. you're going to exercise, and then your family time, in no particular order, but these are the main things. What are your Sle- exercise advice? I'll come right back to okay. that. Sorry, let me just finish this one thing. So sleep, work schedule, exercise schedule, and family time. Everything else has to work around there, yeah. but people do the opposite, and then everything else gets compromised. They don't block off sleep, so that gets shaved off. It's like everything else is scheduled, and then sleep is just whenever it happens, yeah. you know? Once you have those hard bumpers, so to speak, in your schedule, you will have a more fulfilled life. You'll feel better. You'll feel more, uh, more energy. You'll feel happier. And then you'll actually see the reality of where can I take on another project? Where can I actually put something else in? But you can't compromise sleep, your work schedule, your family time, and your, your exercise time. Well, it also,
0: so, it also feeds into some other life um, life subject which is like yeah. what do you want in life because people want too many different things yeah. right and there comes a point that if you say yes to one you have to say no to something else yeah absolutely and focusing in on that and one thing is of of fo- z- honing in on exactly what you want you have
2: to focus on the core things that are important to you in life yeah. and one thing that's huge is this people this is the one reason why people never end up starting an exercise program the, you know, the classic, you know, I'll start next week. I'll start next week. It's because they never put a hard block in their schedule. That's practical that they can actually keep up when the tire hits the road. Either people take on too much, they take on an exercise program. That is too much for them. They can't keep it up um, or they just don't start at all. But the key is this, you have to figure out what's important to you in life. Put that on your schedule make it practical something that's actually going to happen that you can actually maintain okay if you do that then you're not going to go through these fad exercise routines and getting on and falling off etc um this is the reality but sorry you had a question before well
0: yeah so so people actually have to know what they're not going to do yeah. in life like yeah. i'm not doing this you have to come to terms with that and yeah. i'm only doing xy or or z yeah now what i wanted to ask is we know when to sleep yeah But exercise, finding that time for people to work out, whether it's jogging or what have you. Yeah. Like that's also not. Firstly, people need to justify it in the and especially Muslims. Uh, Let me tell you something about Muslim students. There are some misconceptions that they have and they carry. Yeah. Because we are are, our our role models, our models and our scholars and our leaders, they're all mainly from the past. They didn't live this in the modern time. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes, what I, what I, what I, some of my students talk to me and they say, you know, well, Imam Nawi, he didn't sleep, and you know, how have Hanifa yeah. was the, I said, don't take that as an exactly, example. They right. also were not exposed to blue lights. They yes. were not exposed to everything. Yeah, they were eating pure food. Exactly. Everything was different. Exactly. So don't compare.
2: We, we we live in a different dynamic. It's a different so world. it doesn't it doesn't mean that you know we discount people you know, who read yeah. uh,
0: books on Tazkiyah and Tazawwuf. Yeah. Look at the. Amount of tahedjud and night uh, activity that spiritual leaders used to do in the past and right. feel guilty for sleeping six to eight hours. Yeah, yeah, you but what, what it's I, a different world. What
2: I tell people, you know, obviously I'm not qualified to speak on this at on this a spiritual level, but on a physical level, what I just tell people is that it doesn't discount anything that, that our righteous predecessors did. Yeah. It's just that, like you mentioned, we are dealing with a far greater onslaught of Things that are physically detrimental to us, totally. so I don't think that a person should feel the guil- comparison guilty should about, not yeah. Be so, I don't think a person should feel guilty about sleeping a couple of extra hours because, at the end of the day, you're doing that for your deen and to come closer to Allah. Because if you can't function in optimal mental acuity the next day, yeah. you can't be present for your spouse, you can't be present at, at work, that's going to have an effect on your family. You need to on be your mentally dean. sharp if you can't if you can't stay awake and you're drowsy all the time yeah. how 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 well good is your ibadah going to be yeah. your dick etc so these are actually things that are are to help you on uh, on your spiritual path not they're not counter to that yeah. um it, you know so you don't need to feel like you know you have to get 3 hours of sleep in order to be spiritually the, uh,
0: uh, exercise is something that the people imagine that well the self it's not something you visualize any No, but the but thing is but they listen, had to walk a mile no, no. to get water right what i
2: tell people is that their life was exercise exactly their whole didn't life need was to, exercise we the times that we live in, I tell people, uh, I, again, I have the same experience with you in this regard, that this is usually a challenge with Muslims that are practicing. I tell them, listen, we need to schedule exercise because our life is not exercised the way theirs was. They were riding horses. They mm-hmm. were walking. They were hunting. they were. So we don't have the same dynamic. Does we have just, to schedule. If we don't schedule exercise, our whole day is either sitting in one place or standing in one place. Do
0: you know the, the amount of uh, walking that they used to do? Right. Minimum ten yeah. miles a day. Yeah. Do you know that they're also on different terrain at different, different inclinations. Terrains, yeah. yeah. Do you know that they also didn't have food as sweet as our food? Right. They didn't have food as often as we had it. They didn't yeah. have meat as often. So Let me they're, tell you they were probably way yeah. more healthy.
2: But the the issue of food, of nutrition, becomes more relevant the more food you're eating. Yeah. So so if you're eating less food, it actually matters even less what you're eating. Yeah. From a from like a um from a uh, fat storage standpoint yeah. and gaining weight, et cetera. Um, if you eat very little food, but it's high quality, you don't even have to worry as much mm-hmm. about, you know, a lot of the concepts that we've, that we worry about. Even though the issue becomes more of an issue when you're eating more voluminous lot. amounts of which, food. Which That's
0: which where what we're have, doing. Yeah, exactly. It, no. it, in, it reminds me of that in the, in the prisons, yeah. they hardly eat. Right. right. And it's all junk. They're not eating healthy food. And these guys are all stacked. They're built. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean they're not they're 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 eating very little food. Yeah. But it's and it's trashy food and yeah. they're at, hitting the gym. Yeah, yeah,
2: oh. yeah. Um I, I guess it depends on people's experiences or whatever, but I've I've uh, often heard that people in jails are eating pretty What, they're eating good so- now? Yeah, like solid We're paying for that? Like And I'm paying for well, that. Well well what they're eating is uh it's not like they're eating like organic food or anything, <laughs> but they're eating, you know, a good basic you know, distribution of macronutrients, like they're getting protein, they're getting good carbohydrates, they're getting some healthy fat, they're getting some vegetables. Um, so it's not like a gourmet meal, but to be honest with you, most people that are eating uh, in prisons are actually eating better than the average person Mm. because it's more structured and, there's some yeah there's, structure there's some structure to it. To and there's it, limitation yeah. to it yeah to yeah yeah
0: it. now here's the thing um, but you're
2: right about the exercise they're probably getting more exercise than most people do
0: yeah so this idea that well I can't imagine that the all really ran on treadmills or or lifted weights but you got to get out of that you can't thinking. you can't we you have to stop we thing. have to stop thinking like that because they lived in a different era yeah they're, they also they they spent around lugging around a, a calf or a cow or something yeah. that they had to slaughter but yeah. the question is but let me yeah go ahead. What is the optimal time for a person in terms of of exercise? Have you found any pattern that
2: works? Yeah. So this this depends on many variables. Um, It depends on what type of exercise you're doing, when you're eating food, um, and then it's also individual specific. But then there's some general things that I've found. For most people, based on practicality, it's better to work out in the beginning of the day because if they don't work out in the beginning of the day i found that the day slips away from them that's what happens. and then the responsibilities take over the children the uh work responsibilities etc um and also people start to lose motivation as the day goes on i find yeah now this depends on the individual you know however i find just like other things if you get the important things in your life done at the beginning of the day the rest of the day goes a lot better and it actually gets done. Mm. Um, so one big tip that I that I like to give people is the things that are the most important to your to you in your life long term that you want to that you have long term goals in make sure that those are non-negotiably done at the beginning of your day. Mm. Otherwise it's never gonna the weeks are going to pass like waves yeah. over and over. And every week is going to pass and you're never going to do it. Mm-hmm. This comes back to the person who never starts an exercise program. So whatever your long-term goals are, right? You want to learn a language. You want to memorize the Quran. You want to lose body fat. You want to build muscle. You want to learn a martial art, whatever it is. Whatever is important to you long-term, you should implement it. The in the beginning. beginning of the day that makes sense. and make a regular habit of it. Otherwise, I'm telling you, try this. Yeah. Try it. The weeks are going to slip from you and then every year is going to go by and you're going to be like, "Oh, it this, this year I'm going to do it, this year I'm going to do it. You have to make a hard non-negotiable, non-negotiable block at the beginning of the day for the things that are important to you for the rest of your life that are long-term goals. They have to happen at the beginning of the day. Otherwise, yeah. it'll slip away. Now, some other things to, to take into account regarding that. If you are going to weight train, right? You're trying to do strength training to to either get stronger or for hypertrophy to build muscle. Sometimes it can be hard to do that at the beginning of the day because you don't want to do it on an empty stomach. Mm. So you have to have, uh, you know, at least a liquid meal, if not a solid meal in your body. You know, if you are going to lift weights because you're going to be breaking down tissue. So if you have the ability in your schedule to do that, then you can strength train in the beginning of the day if you don't then in that situation you shouldn't strength train mm. in the beginning of the day and you should do it at the end of the day however cardio you can do in a depleted state and it's actually optimal to do it in a depleted yeah. state when i say depleted state it means not having any food now if so, you, so sorry to interrupt you so yeah. cardio if you if you don't have time in your work prep or, or, or day prep schedule in the morning then you can do that early in the morning without having a meal does that make sense? So you have it's also based on when when you can have your meals. Now some people they find that they don't have optimal blood flow in the morning, and they don't feel their blood flowing until you know early uh, sorry late morning early afternoon. So for that individual, it may be optimal to exercise during their lunch break or after work or maybe even you know uh, late evening. So that's an individual specific thing. So. There are physiological markers and indicators of when it's best, you know. However, at the end of the day, for somebody who's not a professional athlete or doesn't have the luxury of, of picking the times, you should do what's practical for you, what you can fit into your life, right? So we can discuss, you know, what's optimal physiologically, but at the end of the day, do what is actually going to happen on a regular basis.
0: All right, question. When a person does cardio, let's say a person did an hour of cardio. Yeah. What is his body going to to draw energy from after he's done? Are, is it going to take from the proteins, from the muscles? Yeah. If Should you he have, eat afterwards, or what?
2: For cardio, if you have excess body fat, your body's going to go to your body fat stores to use First. for energy. Yeah, um, which is why it's better to during do, and after. M- mainly during. During, during. There is no really after so much. There is a little bit of an afterburn, but most of it's during there is a little bit of an afterburn effect but if you basically anybody who is obese mm-hmm. or they have more body fat than they want if it's if it's a health issue or even if it's aesthetics you should do cardio in a depleted state okay so just have a lot of water hydrate yourself um, I always recommend to people as soon as you wake up in the morning have a glass of water with some apple cider vinegar or lemon, a lemon yeah to alkalinize yourself um, and then go do cardio if you have excess body fat because then your body will go to the fat stores as energy.
1: I got you.
0: Makes uh, so, um, so these 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 habits I'm telling you uh, change people's lives. Um, we're coming up on an hour here. Do you, you receive uh, clients online?
2: Yes. So how would uh, they go about that? Sure. So I have a, a, a physical therapy office in Princeton, seven oh seven Alexander Road, Suite two oh eight, uh, Princeton, New Jersey. Um, the website is www.kfitphysio.com. That's k-f-i-t-p-h-y-s-i-o.com. Um, and what is the
0: K? This is you. Yeah, that's me. What yeah. is the K stand? Yeah,
2: for? the K stands for kinesio, which the, the previous kinesio has to do with uh, body movement, body yeah. mechanics, etc. Um, so I have an uh, I have an office in Princeton where I treat patients I- in person. I also do home care physical therapy. Um and then I also do personal training in person as well as online. So uh for people who Like you use Skype. Yes. So for my online clients we communicate via Skype, email, um sometimes phone depending on what package they they purchase. Um so for the online coaching basically I help people that have any physical goal whether it's aesthetics or health related. So if you're an athlete or even a housewife who just wants to lose weight, um I design diets I provide coaching on wellness, and I design training programs. And then I have different programs based on the person's needs. So if, if a person just wants a one-time diet um, and training program for where they're at, you know, we can do that. Um, I also have a weekly monitoring program, and then I have... Uh, an all access program where, uh, where the person has full access to me on a daily basis. It depends on what the patient needs. And then there are different prices for different durations based on whatever the person can afford and what they're looking for. I also do Skype consultations just for Q and A. So uh, you can go to uh, my website and uh, check that out. Um, If you want to contact me directly, you can contact me at info at kfitphysio.com. And all my informations on on my okay, website. Okay, good.
0: kfitphysio.com. Now, yep. to be honest with you, um, this whole thing of, of of living in the day and sleeping at night, I believe it's 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 really part of a, a, a war against the didactic lifestyle because <laughs> the didactic <laughs> lifestyle is a night lifestyle. Think yeah, about it. It's, a, for it's sure. a it's a it's it all happens at night. Yeah. And recently, I was with a number of imams, and they said that the people who came to them with complaints. Whether uh, on issue, on issues or even uh, f- from themselves yeah. that they were deviant in some way, like yeah. they're upset about um, they they're deviating in some way. He always correlated that with most t- of those things online, are happening. Uh, okay. Time online, time okay. on the internet, and then yeah. when is that time on the internet happening? At night. Yeah. Right. So whether it was, for example. Uh, ideological things, yeah. or some kind of sexual deviation yeah. that they uh fell into. Yeah, what is the um the pattern? Yeah, time online. When does time online happen? Use garbage time. Yeah, I call it, it's garbage time. Yeah, right? Anything past 11 p.m. Yeah, is complete garbage time. I mean, really, yeah. honestly, what you said, 7.30, you start in your head. The that's w- when the, wind that's down when the begins. process
2: has to start. Yeah, you have to have a plan. For what am I doing yeah. in my two hours before I go to bed mm-hmm. in order to wind myself down? Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to touch upon real quick was uh, two things, actually. One, when did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used so to go so. to bed? Right after Isha. Yeah. It's Sunnah to go to bed right after Isha. Mm-hmm. And we know that he used to sleep in the early portion of the night. This is totally coinciding with what we know scientifically. Um, and obviously, we don't have to question, you know, the, yeah. the wisdom in everything he did. Salallahu alayhi wasallam. The other thing I want to touch upon is you mentioned the the concept of caffeine use. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned how it comes an addiction. Yeah, you mentioned morning. how you you fell into that cycle of you you were sleep deprived and you were using caffeine and sugar, Eat, sugar, ton yeah, exactly. of sugar. Exactly. Now what happens is a lot of times people ask me, well, if I'm not using caffeine, how am I supposed to stay awake? Yeah. What am I supposed to do to stay awake? <laughs> well, my answer is, if you're Hormonal environment, your physiological environment inside is optimal. You won't need caffeine. The other thing with caffeine, this is what people don't realize, is that over time, caffeine has detrimental detrimental effects on the cardiac system and the endocrine system. The reason why is because the three main systems that it affects are the nervous system, cardiac system, and endocrine system. Mm. Now listen to this. When you have caffeine, what happens over time? If you're having one cup of coffee a day, is that going to be the same amount you're going to be having three years from now? Probably not. Probably two. Yeah. Usually people increase the amount of caffeine they consume over time in order to get the same effect. Similar to alcohol, the nervous there, here's, here's the deceptive part. The, the nervous system can habituate to caffeine. So the more you have, the more you need in order to obtain the, the same effect that you were looking for. Normally it's alertness, mm. right? Now, the problem is that over time, the, the nervous system can habituate, but the cardiac system and the endocrine system cannot habituate. Mm. So here's where the deception is going on here to our body. You habituate the nervous system. That gets used to the increased amounts, and it's asking for more and more, but the heart can't mm. habituate. So over time, you're damaging your heart. You're making it beat, heart, beat faster artificially. Yeah. And then your endocrine system—you're forcing your your endocrine glands, the glands that produce hormones—to produce more thyroid hormone, mm. testosterone, estrogen, all of our other hormones, okay, at an abnormally increased rate. So over time, you can become uh, deficient in those hormones,
1: mm. and
2: that can lead to needing thyroid hormone replacement, so, um, testosterone deficiency, etc. So this is very serious, and this is something that happens cumulatively. In a slow manner, with caffeine use over years, it's not going to happen to you in six months. Yeah. But this is over long-term use, so this is something that people should pay attention to with caffeine. I personally, you know, people that work with me, I wean people slowly down uh, on the dosage of caffeine, going from coffee to decaf to to regular tea to green tea. And then eventually going off it completely. And then I just advise my clients just to use caffeine on a social basis you know, now and then, yeah. or to have coffee or something, uh, in an urgent situation where they're on a long drive and they're falling asleep. But I do not recommend people using it on a regular coffee. basis, daily so, use. No. Yeah. Mm. So, no. I mean,
0: the these uh, these issues, we set a lot of things. But if a person could take away one thing, what would it be? Of no, all this.
2: Things. Absolutely. Number one. Start setting that bumper. That's non-negotiable. Nothing can compromise and go into that that two-hour space before you go to bed. Mm -hmm. Start shutting your lights down, decrease the light exposure two hours before bed. Have a nighttime routine of whatever you like to do: yoga, uh, qigong, regular Western-style stretching. Do something that relaxes your body physically. Do some reading. You know, if you're religious, you can do things that are religious. Do something to wind you down before you go to bed. And also, before you go to bed, get all of the thoughts out of your brain. Write down your to-do list for the next day before you go to bed. Mm. This will help you stay relaxed when you're going to sleep and not have your mind racing. True. So you should plan out your next day. Write your schedule for the next day and have your to-do list ready to go. With all of the numbers you need to call, the emails you need to contact, have all that ready to go, sitting on your desk, and that's something simple but will help Psychological. you. Psychological. Yeah, yeah. Some people call it a mental dump. It, is a, it, mental dump. Is. it is a mental dump. It literally is, and it dump. helps you relax before you go to bed. Yeah. So that two hours, try to make that non-negotiable before you go to bed, and then be in bed, lights out, latest 9:30. Just do that. That's the first action step I would recommend. Do that first, and do that for at least one week. Try to get at least seven hours of sleep if you can. If you're an athlete or if you're an advanced trainee, you train hard, try to get at least eight. When it Start was, with that.
0: When it was, uh, you remember Hurricane Sandy? Yeah. Uh, when Hurricane Sandy came in, it started around 6 p.m. Yeah. Right? And People,
2: then, I, I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah. You were falling asleep when it got dark. Yeah. Yes. This is an experience it's that... amazing. Exactly. What happened during that time? We all started to feel sleepy because we didn't have artificial lights. Yeah. We started to feel sleepy... When it got dark, When we were because to. our body was in touch with our circadian rhythm yeah. and atmosphere. Listen to me, no matter how much we try to deny it, our yeah. body is linked to nature. Yeah. And this is in accordance with Islam, right? Waking up for Fajr, going to sleep early after Isha, yeah. right? Our body is connected to nature. The more we disconnect it, the more we're going to see the effects of it.
0: Honestly, when we lost power for that one week, yeah. it was one of the best weeks of my life. Because you
2: saw what your body yeah. really
0: wants. And, and we lived actually a natural life. For example, yeah. we had my youngest was just born. yeah, Like three months old. She's yeah. three months old. And then what we would do is we would all be knocked out cold by 7 p.m. I know. Maghrib is early. Yeah. You barely pray, Aisha. And yeah. then you're asleep. Now, one of the amazing things is that I remember the first night when power went out. Yeah. We're like, okay, what are we going to do? Get some candles. Well, we fell asleep. Yeah. from almost fell asleep at like 8 p.m. I slept and then I woke up. I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to pray fedge. I looked at my watch. Yeah. Right. So I had some power. I said so I have some power on my phone. Yeah. It was like 11 p.m. Yeah. Like I slept. That's crazy. I'm telling you, I slept a full night's rest. Yeah. It was 11 p.m. Yeah. I slept again. Yeah. I woke up again scared. I'm missing fedge. Right.
2: Yeah. This is your body trying 2 to... 2 a.m. Yeah. Is, this, is, this was your body trying to realign... Exactly. ...with your normal cicada My body's
0: rhythm. used to... Yeah. It's three hours and then fetch. Well, it was... It I it just kept, I guess, kept sleeping more and more and more. And yeah. recently when I started to sleep early as a practice because I believed in it.
1: Yeah.
0: It was literally crazy. It's yeah. like you sleep a long sleep yeah. and then you look at your phone, oh, it's 1 a.m. Yeah. And you sleep another long sleep, it's 3 a.m. Yeah. And it's unbelievable. and. Well, the other thing that we, that happened during that storm is that I used to go, we used to have to get firewood to stay warm. Yeah. Right. So me and we would all get in the car and yeah. drive around looking for fallen trees. And then me and my son would get out. Yeah. And break up the branches. Yeah. Right. And take little logs. Yeah. And then go and, uh, and put them in the trunk. Yeah. And then we go home. Then we'd, uh, we set the fire Put the, and it, we all bonded so much. Yeah. And me and my son we, were going out every day. We got three, four hours a day together. We
2: were living real life, not that artificial life. real life. life. Yeah, I'm telling exactly. you, it was
0: so real. Yeah. And and then you have like, okay, the, you you're gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. There's yeah. no almost like no luxury time. Yeah. Things were so difficult in a sense that, or not difficult, but time consuming. Yeah. Just to get warm, two Absolutely. hours, like two hours of time, right? Yeah. Just to make to make yourself warm. To eat, yeah. right? Absolutely. Uh, well, who's open? right Right. and then who's gonna wait at the gas line yeah and so we was dividing up stuff and at the end of the day if you had a a a warm meal and a warm fire you were just happy you were like really happy A warm meal and a warm fire yeah and then someone actually had to sleep and wake up next to the fire because we actually didn't have a door to our fireplace yeah and so someone had to almost like stay up guard yeah it was really just and and at that time you're staying up guard doing what there's no phone to be on right right you're either reading at the firelight which is not really great for your eyes. Or you're thinking. You're contemplating. Yeah. You're thinking about deep issues. Yeah. Right? So subhanAllah, it was a great period of time. And Absolutely. I think no, I, I totally think humanity could use humanity could use a little bit, maybe like a week. A little a taste year. of that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So alhamdulillah, this was really good. Uh I hope everyone takes this issue seriously. It's not a joke. I consider it part of spiritual health, dean and, and deen, and nothing uh and all these self evident knowledges, if it's a fact, right? That's how Allah created us, right? Then we should think about it, and we will find something about it in our in the Qur'an. And yeah. we have. We made your sleep a regular source of rest. Uh, like, you got to be regular. So that's the issue, and uh, this is part of our war and our resistance to the Dajjalic way of life. Yeah. Sleeping early is one of the hugest yeah. uh, thorns in the Dajjalic system because yeah. it needs... For people to be up at night when it's unnatural, yeah. and and cognitively unsharp, yeah, one, in the daytime.
2: One thing I just want to add real quick for uh, for our listeners who are uh, practicing Muslims or they have a um, a spiritual inclination. Remember that all of these things that we we can do to optimize our body are at the end of the day things that we can use to facilitate our spiritual life these are not you know in opposition to them they're actually things that you should be using to facilitate them You're going and to and enhance they're going them. they're going to yeah, exactly they're going to enhance them they're going to facilitate them
0: yeah so Jazakumullah khairan again Why, yeah. uh, dr murad Feruz. his website is kfitphysio.com kfitphysio.com his office is in princeton he, he'll take you on uh, skype he'll do uh, all sorts of uh, training for people uh, you know online Uh, Through Skype, so check him out, uh, kfitphysio.com. I really personally benefited from him, and inshallah, gonna benefit more. I'm I'm actually one of the ADD types that I literally need one thing only.
2: Well, let me tell you something. Sometimes marinates. Sometimes that's a blessing because if if you're the type of person that that only wants one thing, yeah, you're probably gonna be the person who's actually gonna do that one thing. Yeah, because most people they want. Complicated stuff, uh, and they never ever. Imp- I can't imple- stand these. They people. don't. They don't implement even one thing. So you're better off being that type of person yeah. sometimes.
0: Do you, do you know that uh, so someone once brought a business um, uh, proposal? Yeah. And they brought a packet this big. Yeah. And I'm like throw this in the garbage. Yeah. Right. You got a product, sell the product, sell one product. Show me if you can sell ten. Show me if you can sell thirty. Right. Forget this plan. five years plan in five years. All the technology is going to be different. Forget five year plans. Yeah. So just take one thing and and hold on to it. Yeah. Like like bite down on it. Absolutely.
2: And let it marinate before you take on the second thing. For sure. And this is a secret in any anything, any discipline, anything you want to do, anything you want to do academic athletic whatever consolidation and let then marinate,
0: build, and let it marinate for a year or two because yeah. in that year you're going to face challenges yeah. you're going to face everything that will happen for yeah. example family's over yeah well, what am i going to do then exactly um i have to travel what am i going to do then yeah you learn how it works with all the challenges yep yeah. right and then it actually becomes cemented as part of your life absolutely never leaving then yeah. you could add number two yeah so جزاك الله خيراً سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والعصر إن الإنسان لا في خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر والسلام عليكم